Welcome to the new Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment by interviewing cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations. Dr. Elsie is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters as soon as they reopen. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. This show is also brought to you by Meet Me, where they make organic, humane, raw frozen foods and dehydrated treats on their own rural farm in Virginia. The turkey, chicken, rabbit, and beef are certified organic and humanely raised and processed right on their property. So they control safety and health for animals on their farm and at your home, which is why they say, from farm to bowl. I feel so lucky to meet a guy called the Trap King. Those of you not in the cat world think, the what? Trap, neuter, return is a really big part of of loving cats and taking good care of them. And there is a man called Sterling Davis, known as the Trap King. He has started the Trap King Cat Human Solutions, which is a nonprofit. And he wants to reach out to more men to be involved in in cat rescue. And I imagine also more people of color. Sterling, welcome to the show. And congratulations on having become a king at a young age. Right. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. It's great to have you here. I think it's it's so cool when guys get involved with cats, but I think also you set a fantastic example as a very hip, cool black man to people of color, especially in cities, who may think only of, of people rescuing cats as like kind of crazy little old white ladies. And instead, right. you brought it more into the mainstream. Talk about what the reaction was to you when you first started being this guy who says, we're going to trap, neuter, and return and maintain colonies of cats. Did people think you'd lost your mind? Oh, yeah, definitely my friends. A lot of my buddies thought I was, I mean, to leave, I was doing music. So to leave yes. a, a music tour and go to rescue some cats, they were like, well, okay, <laughs> Sterling has lost his mind. He's clear. He's finally gone off on the deep end. First, we just thought he was messing with cats and painting his nails, but now he's definitely gone off on the deep end with this one. So, it was. It was it, from my friends and family. It was like, what in the world? Why would you stop doing music for that? And then for a lot of people in the rescue world, but not seeing somebody like me usually doing what I'm doing, they were like, okay, are you serious about this? Like, we're not used to seeing somebody like you doing this that's yes. actually how i got my first job is that that's what they told me we just don't see a lot of people like you doing stuff and loving cats like this so what was the first job uh well actually my first job wasn't even um tnr my first job in the cat rescue world i was just scooping litter i worked for the county shelter wow and that was what i started doing just scooping litter i thought it would be something easy for me to do until I went back on a music tour. I didn't know that I would dive in it hard first and stay in it. Isn't that something? my life. You know, I'm sure yes. you, you know of Jackson Galaxy, but Jackson's life, very similar. A guy who didn't look at all 
like anybody else in the cat world and started yeah. doing the grunt work in a shelter and found a calling. And I think Jackson was involved in music too. Do you regret having left oh, yeah. the music world? Oh no, I don't regret it at all. And I, I actually, I do. I know exactly. I met Jackson. We talked a few times. He's actually helped me out a lot. Good. Giving Good. me some advice on stuff. Good. So I, I'm proud of that. I love Jackson. He helped me. Um, he was a big inspiration for me getting started. But um, I don't regret. I don't regret uh, not doing music. I st- I've learned to somewhat combine the two. I've done a couple cat rap songs, and I don't. I don't regret it though. I mean, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of musicians and people that go on stage and look cool and sound cool, and that's great. But this is something that I feel like can change the world. This is more so about my legacy and helping others. I've always wanted to have a positive impact on every living creature's path that I cross. So this is helping me do that. Not saying that I couldn't do it with music, but this right. is just on a totally different level. So I don't, there's no regrets at all. I, I, I love what I do. Isn't that great? And styling cool. That's a really good way of putting it because you and Jackson have extremely distinct looks. You know, you really push yeah. it to the edge of the way guys you know, whether it's their glasses, their hair, tattoos, painting your fingernails, uh, the clothing choices, I think it's really a fantastic image, especially for young black men, because you are so hip and cool, to know that you can be and do anything, but there can be compassion at the core of it. It doesn't have to be about money, success, or even expressing uh, things violently. It can be about nurturing. Do, do, were your parents very instrumental in this sort of tendency of yours to feel this desire to make a compassionate difference? Well, I grew up in an abusive uh, background. I, I've, you know, I, I grew up dealing with custody battles. I would stay with my mom. Then I would stay with my grandmother. Wow. And I would stay with a lot of different family members in different cities because of, of poverty, abuse, addiction, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. to that degree. So mm-hmm. that, that I think that those things kind of helped shape me in one I wanted to, I've always wanted to do more. I've always wanted to be a voice for the voiceless because I felt voiceless. Yes, of course. When I was little Mm -hmm. being abused, I didn't feel like I had a voice or somebody that would come help me out. So to be able to be there for cats that way, I I think that shaped me a lot. My upbringing shaped me, shaped who I am today a lot. That in the military as well. You were in the military? Yeah, I was in the Navy. No kidding. So, wow, this is a pretty interesting life arc, Sterling, because I'm very touched that, you know, at your openness about the hardship of your upbringing. And and so many of us think of kids that are are in these very difficult situations without stability, without strong parental guides and abused and ignored and treated like a ping pong ball, let's say. And then we understand, right. oh, no wonder they wind up in juvie or in prison or doing bad things because that's all that's been modeled for them. But we also know that the human spirit has great resilience, just like the animals that get mistreated and abused and abandoned, and they're, they're forgiving. And it seems like you've embraced those qualities that I don't think enough of us find in other people. And I, I just want to salute you for that. It's a, a great model for other people that either look like you or look so different from you that they still are attracted, you know, to the message of what you're doing. I think it's, I think it's really marvelous. Thank you so much. I mean, I I love it. I really love what I do. And I think that 
I think things like uh, rescue animals, uh, like music, like comedy, these type of things can bring people together. And I'm hoping that I can use that to do that, to show, to educate people and also bring people together. Definitely. I, I, you and I will talk after the interview because I've never met you before. I always go out of my way to, to not bring any preconceived knowledge or experience of a guest as best I can because I like to have the discovery of the person along with my audience. But I'd love to involve you in the Cat Film Festival since it travels the country. And while you're in Atlanta, and that's where you started your nonprofit, your desire is to spread the idea of trap-neuter release as far and wide as you can, and also to involve people who otherwise might not find a way to make a difference. You know, I think that's something everyone's looking for, is a way to feel needed and, and successful at doing something positive. Right. And the work you're promoting is that work. There will never be no cats needing help. We could say maybe dogs right. can all get eventually taken care of, you know, in society, but cats never will be. There's just too many of them. And I think right. it's the nature of human society. There will just always be community cats, stray cats, loose cats who need who need uh, saviors and protectors. Talk a little bit about the about the Navy. How old were you when you went to, into the Navy? I went right after high school. I, um, I didn't want to, you know, it was either school or the military. But I was my, at the time I was staying with my aunt. And she was like, you, you, you're doing one of them. You're you going to school or you, you're going to the military, but you're getting out of here. You got to go do something. Go be a man. So Good. I decided to go to the military because I wanted to travel. Yes. Um, and, I, and, and I think that helped. I think ultimately I, I feel like coming from a music career, a music background, and going to the military, I think those two things actually helped me do what I do now. Because I've, in the military, you work with, you travel, you work with different people, different cultures. So you become comfortable with communicating with all different types of people. And with music, you become comfortable with being on stage or delivering a message. So I think ultimately both of them, music and the military, helped me deliver the message I'm delivering now about TNR, community cat care, breaking stereotypes as far as hyper-masculinity and everything that yes. comes with it. Interesting when you say hypermasculinity because being a cat carer, giver, rescuer would be the opposite of that. It would be the soft, gentle, nurturing, maternal side of a human, not the hypermasculinity. Do you think that in the that particularly in the black culture, aside from music, just the black culture, uh, this the sort of call it inner city i don't know if it's called the inner city anymore but but not sort of further out more rural but in, in inner city that that young black men or even young brown men have to dis or feel they have to display hyper masculinity and that kindness and softness towards animals would be inappropriate oh yeah it comes with it comes with poverty i mean they call it the concrete jungle a lot of times right and, and you know you have to display toughness strength you know, everybody's trying to pull and come out of that situation. So you have people that are desperate. Um, you can get robbed. Yes. You know, looking vulnerable or looking nice can can be a bad thing. So we grow up feeling like, you know, you got to stay tough. You got to be cool. You got to always right. portray this image of, of toughness. So if you have something like cats and compassion and volunteering, then... <laughs> that's the last thing on a lot of people's mind and I want to 
that's something I want to do is show that you still can be cool. You don't lose cool points for compassion. That's <laughs> one of my favorite. Nice. That's one of my favorite yes. sayings. And and I, I just I just want to show that. I want to show that. And and in the cat world, it's not a, you know, we, we put genders on this. Like I I've had I grew up with so many male friends, and they'd say, Hey man, why don't you um, why you got all them cats? Why don't you have a dog? Like boys supposed to have dogs. Right. Like, right. Where did that Where did that come from? Yes. Why is that? Why mm-hmm. is that? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? And it's and it ultimately is something that I feel like it it hinders, you know, the situation for our cats because they've basically been given one demographic that can have or or help them and that's not the case that's, that it shouldn't be that way well said very well said I, I think the navy did you a lot of good i mean it's those of us that haven't been in the military don't know what the experience is like but i know that it's definitely a way out for people from situations that may be purely economic or they could be social and economic and i'm really i'm really happy that you did that oh. service and came out of it strengthened and articulate and confident. I mean, those are all great qualities. I'm wondering what it's like to be a black man in a white world looking after cats. Now, we know these horrible racist events where a black bird watcher in New York gets called out by that Karen woman, whose name wasn't really Karen, but a Karen, right? right. So there you are. Right. You're in a city. You're in Atlanta or, or wherever you might be doing your good work, and you're maybe crawling around behind a dumpster to find these little kittens or these cats or putting out a trap. Have you encountered people looking askance at you or thinking you're a danger or having that, that you know, don't be a black man doing a good deed? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely had a lot of that. And it's, it's crazy because it's, I've had that on both ends of the spectrum. Like, I've... I, one of the main reasons I, I dove in heart first and, and, and stuck with this is because I would go to, I would do TNR and I would be in a predominantly black neighborhood. And I've had gentlemen walk up to me and, and question me about what I was doing, but they went on to tell me that, hey, man, you know, white people put tracking devices and diseases in these cats and then they dump them to harm oh the black Oh, my community. God. And I was like, when I first heard that, when they told me that, I was like, wow, that's so far from what's actually happening. And right then and there, I wanted to explain, I did explain to them, but I wanted to carry on and say, hey, this is not, these these uh, conspiracy theories about right. uh, cat rescue and cats is, is completely wrong. That's not what's happening. So I wanted to bridge that gap. So I, I, I would get it from going in predominantly black neighborhoods. And then I've been, in predominantly white neighborhoods where I've had guns pulled out on me because it's like, okay, this guy, this bald yeah, right. tattooed man right. is in my yard at one o'clock in the morning. He says he's here for the cat. Like, <laughs> honey, get my gun because clearly he's lying. There's no way in the world this guy's here for the cat. And I'm, I'm standing there like pointing to my shirt like, no, seriously, look, it's a cat shirt. All I have is cat clothes. I'm really here for the cat. Oh, my so gosh. It's been on both ends of the spectrum uh, to have people question and wonder, but Again, I'm I, I'm I'm grateful for the military because I I think that was able to broaden my horizons and, and get me, you know, thinking outside of the box that yes. I was in because that's that's what it is. A lot of times when you're born in poverty like that, you're still in that same box. I still have friends that I call that haven't even left the city of Detroit where I was born. They still haven't gone to travel places, and and you could almost hear it in their voice that they kind of, I don't know, stagnant. 
stuck maybe it's yes. hard to progress yes. or come out of a certain way of thinking because they haven't had those things available to them so the, the military definitely provided a way for me to travel and get out of you know that box that i was thinking inside of or that where i was raised and also have a different perception of yourself I mean, that's right, the thing. Right. You put on a uniform and you go through that training and you survive it or you excel at it. And then on some level, everybody's equal. They're all a member of the Navy or a right. member of whichever branch of the military. And that's a rare thing. I mean, I'm sure there's racism right. in the military, but there's something more egalitarian it, about it. You know, it's like we're all together. We are part of one community. We are brothers on some level. That has to be very right. freeing. When you grow up in a racist world, that's very unfair to a kid whose parents so are much. a wreck, right? And and you come out of the right. wreck and you turn into something that's a beam of light. I think it's it's pretty fabulous, Sterling. I I definitely want to work with you as as whatever I can do to help trap kinghumane.org to to spread that message it, it's a message on many levels it, it empowers children too if if you give it a chance you've had a wonderful children's book written about you that i'll put a link to called trap king for a day marvin written by Alyssa ruby yeah. and illustrated by rachel yeah. martin and this is a wonderful book for for all kids but there's so few really good wonderful books for kids of color you know that depict them in pictures and depict them in the writing and and it's it's really got the great message for the next generation. So everything you're doing is great. I'm really happy to meet you and happy to spread the word of what you're doing. It's it's tremendous on, on the human as well as cat level. You're doing great saving. So thank you for being here and thanks, thanks for everything you're doing in every community you come into. Everybody, be nice to Sterling Davis, the Trap King. Don't be saying any bad words or pulling out any guns on him. Okay, he is the good guy. <laughs> thank you, Sterling. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Cat Chat. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which created their own clean protein foods inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but clean protein also comes as a dry food, the first one I would recommend if you want to feed dry, even as part of your cat's diet. This show is also supported by Cat Water, specially formulated to appeal to cats, chlorine-free, ozonated, and lightly acidic, to encourage them to drink more to promote urinary tract health and the ideal pH.